This podcast contains potentially adult language, adult themes, definitely drinking, and possibly sexual context. Listener discretion is advised. Okay, welcome to the Literary Briefs episode of Drinking with Authors, which means, as we all know, that we've had a sufficient amount to drink before we've done this. So I'm your host, Erica Lance. Co-hosting with me today is... Is Vanessa Valiente. And our fucking amazing fucking guest is Phoenix Daniels. I'm just going to say fucking amazing. Okay. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, let's talk about so much fun. <laughs> I'm so glad. I like being fun. Okay, so I am drinking. I'm going to put this up. I'm holding this up. Watch our fucking YouTube channel. It is so much better than just listening to this fucking Okay, so 19 Crimes, The Uprising. I'm not quite sure what this guy did. I got to use my app, but it's aged 30 days in a rum barrel. It's fucking amazing. I love this shit. Vanessa, what are you drinking, my love? I am drinking vodka soda in my lovely Drinking with Authors. Phoenix, what are you drinking, my darling? I am drinking number seven, Jack Daniels. (laughs) turn it to the side again because anyone who saw the previous episode is going to see how far that bitch went down by now she ain't saw that in one go I ain't come here to play with (laughs) y'all okay this is rapid fire questions hold on I'm going to take a sip of my wine can I give the first one sure fine Uh, first time ever go for it Woo, woo okay what is your favorite book of all time? Like, oh, me. Yeah. <laughs> She's not asking me. This is your podcast. What are you doing? It's all about you. Okay. So my favorite book of all time. Mine or somebody else's? Yours. No, yours. This is yours. Oh, my book? No, okay. no, no, your favorite book, your personal favorite book of all time. Uh, someone else's book. Not Not yours. That, I've that I've read. Yeah. Oh, God. Okay, so that's by an author friend. Um, she wrote a series called Secrets of a Sad Bitch. Ooh. <laughs> the title is so deceiving because you're thinking, oh, there's some wretched shit, blah, 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 but no. There is so much in this book. Like it's like it's like the dynamics of relationships and working hard and um, you know, living um struggling on the on the on in, in the urban areas of Chicago and then love and how it goes wrong and you know all of that. And then I have I I, I like it, it rivals with another one because she released another one. It's called When My Soul Met a Thug. My soulmate is deceiving because you're thinking it's like some ghetto shit. It is not. It is the most heartwarming story of a woman who's dying, and um, and she meets somebody in the midst of her um her diagnosis, and it's like she runs like, oh my god, I can't do that then, and and like I don't want to put him through this, and they just fall in love, and it's just like the sweetest thing, like. 
And, and it's a struggle because she's just like, I'm putting this man in a position where he's going to fall in love with me and then I'm going to die. And I just thought, like, the dopest shit ever. Like, you got to be really brave to write a story like this. Because our readers, they don't like death and they don't like, you know, uh, not having a happily ever after. Yeah, it sounds and, like, Nicola, uh, like a Nicholas Sparks novel, but, you know, because his, yeah. always, someone always ends up yeah, dying. I'm going to it. <laughs> Well, who's the author? Jessica Watkins, like one of the best authors ever. Like she wrote when my soul met a thug, and it just it just spoke to me. So I I I've written a, a a story that was kind of like it, it was a love story. It's called Cato's Heart, and it's a woman who's dying because she has a congenital heart failure, and uh, she knows that she's dying, and she's trying to live her life in a way that a woman would live her life when she knows that she don't have that much life to live. And so I, like, I wrote this story like so specifically because I wanted people to understand what how important every day is. And then when I read this story, it was just like, see, she gets me, <laughs> you know? Like it was like kind of the same thing. It was like, you have to appreciate every single solitary day you have. So I think, the, the, those those two are my favorite stories. See, the answer to that question is um, Secrets of a Sad Bitch. She's got a lot of murder, suspense, you know, kind of like um, that. And then when my soul man is up, it's got love and loss and pain. And here's the, the truth of the matter is no human being can get through this life without pain, uh, loss, and suffering. And, and it's how you recover from that that determines who you are as a person. Okay. Okay. I like it. I like it. I and feel like so, we were just taking on a whole emotional fucking journey with the answer to that question. I have to admit, the titles are epic. Sort of like uh, when Kendra suggested the haunted vagina on the podcast. You want to read this shit, right? The, I'm, I'm telling you, it is hysterical definitely if you haven't read that definitely it's, it's a good read a good fun it's read. a good read but it's fucking terrible at the same time anyway. yeah it's, 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 it's everything it's terrible but it's awesome it's at the same time it's so then, when you get done when we get done make sure you throw that shit in that little group text of the group chat that we have so i can download it and read it no problem so Great. now that was your favorite book what is your what is the worst book and feel free to tear into it if you choose to because we all know um, Erica's favorite book is 50 shades of Grey. i read that because of course you know i'm a historian so i read hitler's book um i wanted to know the mind of um a maniac i wanted to know because you know when you read a person's work it puts you in the mind of who, who they are and what they feel and what they believe and what, so I was determined. I read that uh, Mein Kampf, and um, I was more disappointed than I than than I thought I would be. Um, I thought I would be by the content, but what I was like even more more horrendous than the content was the writing. <laughs> it was like, what six year old wrote this? Like, <laughs> like. It was written by an uneducated person. Like, it wasn't even well written. And I thought at least, 
I knew that the content would bother me, but I didn't think that the writing. So I found out that I found out something about me that I'm more offended by bad writing than I am about bad content. Like, you know, so I expected the content to piss me off, but the writing, it was like the most juvenile writing that I'd ever seen. And that was the worst book that I've ever. You know, it's interesting you say that because I think as writers, and not that readers who listen to the show, and I know many readers do, but as writers, we get fucking offended when people are terrible at the art. We're like, yeah. how did this get published? So my problem with Fifty Shades of I fucking go, I'm only gonna do a little bit. I I know I'm gonna stop myself. It is it's a fucking terrible book. And my problem is, is that it's so badly written. And when the publisher got a hold of it, I'm not even going to go through that whole story arc. Yeah, now they got a hold of it. But fucking fix it. It's fucking terrible. You have all these great editors. Fucking fix this terrible book. You have to understand some things about Fifty Shades of Grey. Oh, there's a lot I understand about Fifty Shades of Grey. You have to understand that she was already in the game. She had a leg in she was in what television or something like that. So she already had. They were literally agents. Well, what she that. had was three thousand pre-orders, and that's when the publishers went, "What the fuck is that?" Okay, not. But what I'm talking about what she did before that. She worked in television, so she knew people. So she already had a leg up in the you know what I'm saying in this industry. Cause she was already working in television, so she like 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 me. I, I'm I'm I just started writing. I was like, hey, best friend, publishing my book. You know what I'm saying? Even though I know I'm writing circles around her ass, but I didn't have what she had. She had a whole television industry behind her, so there are there are agents. You know what I'm saying? There are there are publishers. There, there there's things like that. And then she had that fake ass. Breach. Remember, they had that fake ass. Um, her book was pirated and emailed to all, all over to people. That was a plan. Like I didn't. I don't know if y'all noticed, but what happened was her book got pirated and it was emailed all over the world. That, that and then they said, "Oh, poor her." No, it wasn't poor her. That was a plan. And people started sharing the emails everywhere. Oh, guess what? I got a pirate book. They started sharing it, which brought her popularity higher. I don't think that her book was terrible. I think that her writing was terrible. No, that's what I'm saying. Is writing was horrible. I, I, I went to the bookstore because everybody was talking about this fucking book. This is, and I don't want to give her a lot of screen time here. I went to the fucking bookstore and I picked up the book. I'm like, everybody's talking about this fucking book. Six pages in, I'm like, this is fucking terrible writing. Kind of writes like a, a 13 year old wrote it. You know, like, okay, first of all, number one, you got a 22 year old fucking virgin who has sex for the first time, and all of a sudden now she a super fucking freak. Now the bitch sucking dick like a professional, and she getting tired of like a fucking like uh, my first time having sex. If you'd have tied me up, do you know how to bust your fucking head? I would have called the police. All kind of shit. Like, you cannot do this. But it it, it it worked because she was in the right industry. No, and all of us would love her success. It's not the point. My thing always is there's so many great writers in the world. And getting those books in front of people is fucking 
the important thing to do. Like you want to talk about having a voice, getting an author who has a great fucking story and great characters in front of people and not bullshit fucking stories where you're like, this is a fucking terrible plot. It's horrible characters and it's poorly fucking written. But the justice for me in the same way is I see all the used bookstores who won't even accept copies of 50 shades of gray because they build entire walls of the amount of Fifty Shades Grey books that are turned in. I don't think there's a, like, I want people to love I my book and be impacted have, by it. I didn't have that much of an issue with Fifty Shades of Grey like most people. But even when I'm on panels and I'm doing stuff with other authors and they say stuff like that, and I'm like, I didn't, I didn't hate it like you did. I really honestly did not hate it like most other authors. I just thought that her writing was a little juvenile, but look, there are people who think that my writing is, I don't know, a little, I don't know. I can't think at all because I don't write urban fiction, but they think that my writing is a little aggressive. Like I'm aggressive against certain things. You know what I'm saying? You so I understand you can't please people on the writing tip. I just thought her techniques in writing her like like and, and and even even I I still struggle with technique. I just want things to be perfect. What I'm saying is I didn't I was not as offended by Fifty Shades as everybody was. I didn't think it was a bad plot. I thought it was an okay plot. I just thought it was written like it was written by a thirteen year old. No, and, my my problem with it is that fucking plot was the same plot of Twilight, and you don't get to piggyback. Well, on yeah, it was a Twilight um. you're being too nice to her and I need to move on to the next question <laughs> because you're fucking amazing but me and you are going to agree to disagree on this topic so uh, look wait wait before you move on let me say this okay I'm not I'm not a huge fan of the series <laughs> but I just think it's so hard like you know as authors right I just the only problem that I have is I don't think it was that hard for her I think because she was already in the TV industry and she was in like, you know, shit like that. She had upper hands that really good writers don't have. No, and I, and that, that pisses me off. Well, and here's my thing. Fan fiction is a whole thing. And I applaud people who do fan fiction. Fan fiction is a whole genre that I don't think gets enough credit for what it is. Mine us more credit for what we did we will be less pissed off that they made that shit a phenomenon. I think that when it comes to, yes, I think when it comes to books, when it's just the marketing selling the book and not the book selling the book is where I end up with a problem. If you're going to market a book and it's going to be right the way we do, why we can't get that kind of marketing? Exactly. So I look at her whole thing and her whole thing was based on this and I think it's also for me, I, I love people that push the boundaries and 
go out of normal genres. I think it's fucking important as hell that we break apart these genres and create new genres and be willing to have all these different areas where instead of these little boxes, the normal publishing company. And she goes in and acts like her book about BDSM is revolutionary. And I know it's not true BDSM. Exactly. It's not... (laughs) It's not the correct voice. But if you're not a was, she did hit a key genre. She, she did hit a key genre. You have to give her that. The damaged man. That what sells books. She fuck the BDSM. She hit a genre with uh, uh with with a, a genre that that women love. People love the damaged man. She did hit that. Let me ask you a question. What do you think about Sylvia Day? I've never read her. You never read? No. No, I'm not. Um, like, see, she writes the damaged man. I think writing the damaged man. I think the problem is that you write the damaged man, and if you're going to package it in something, here's my. This is what I'm going to say. Do your fucking research. You don't have to be into the BDSM lifestyle. You don't have to be research on the BDSM lifestyle. Yes. Yeah, but fucking find somebody who's actually in or several somebodies who are into it. So if you're going to talk like from an expert point of fucking view and as authors, the moment we write anything down, we're talking from an expert point of view. Now, if you're smart and you don't know shit. It was definitely not. Well, I, I, I do want to come in and say I feel like also you have to also consider that it started out as Twilight fiction. So I feel it also was kind of serving off of, it was piggybacking off of something that was already a phenomena. And then the fact that that thing was a YA novel where everything like kind of cuts to gray and then they make Fifty Shades. It's kind of like everyone living their Edward, J- like Jacob fantasy, but it's adult content. It's sex. It's like all you know. I I, I also think that that also takes into account why and you know where, where we differ. I think where y'all as as serious writers are offended by, I think it's fucking brilliant. I think the bitch came up. Where, where where she like like look where she came up on something that she like I'm not gonna say stole because it was a it was a given it was, they were all writing the fan fiction um, but what I'm saying is it was a lot of people writing fan fiction I just saying I'm just saying she was in a position where she could get her shit out there I think that any way an author um, can put their voice out there and she managed to do it and it was successful and I'm not going to hate on her. I'm just saying I'm a better writer than her. (laughs) 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 I'm a better writer. It should have happened to me. That's all I'm saying. It should have happened for me. Should have happened for you. Should have happened for you. But the bitch, she found a loophole and I, where my loophole at? (laughs) I could give her I can admire her for that. I I just go back to, I know so many phenomenal fucking writers that I go, excuse me, I'm going to remove you from the spotlight and put any of them in it. 
I agree. She's not a good, not the best fighter, but she found a loophole. And here's the thing in my mind, not it don't have to be in y'all man, but in my mind, I'm a good writer. So what I need now is my loophole. <laughs> I agree. I agree. So I want to, I want to ask Vanessa, were you going to say something? I know we're talking a lot. Go ahead. Oh no. I was just saying like, to me, it's, it's not the hustle. Cause I mean, gosh, she banked on her success, but I think it's just, I think in the day, if I think of what was a good piece of literature that I read, like that particularly would not be anywhere near the scope though. I actually am oh, probably one of the very few people that haven't even read them. I haven't even read them. I haven't read them. I read six pages and I was like, fuck this. Yeah, no. <laughs> and then and then she had nerve to come out with the male version of it, Gray. Bitch, I used to... Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> what are you fucking apologizing for? What are you apologizing for? Like, are you fucking serious? <laughs> but okay. Okay, but it's old. It's old. So... I it's can't be mad at her. Much be mad. Like you said, I can't be mad at her hustle. I can't be mad at her hustle. I can't make, be mad at the hustle. I can be mad at the things. Okay, so here's the next question. What is your pet peeve as a reader? Ooh. We already know, right? It's bad. <laughs> My pet peeve as a reader? Filler words. I get so sick. Okay, I got two. Like you throw throw fillers in there because you don't want to write. You just throwing shit in there. That, like what the fuck? This like the what? This don't even shut the fuck up. Like get to the story. Like you just throwing shit in there to add to your word count. That bothers. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I like you just add to your word count. You mean you don't want a five pages of descriptions of the of how a bush looks like and it would be bush clean, like a tree. Um, there's yeah, but like you don't want you don't want the history of leaves. Thank you. <laughs> I, it's the fillers. That's number one. And then number two is sex scenes, right? <laughs> okay. I write a lot of erotica. I do. Uh, I write a lot of erotic scenes in my novels, but I try to make sure that my novels focus on the people, places, and things. Yes, I write romance, so these people are romantic. They're fucking, and I'm very detailed in it. I go detailed. You know what I'm saying? I, I do. But I don't think every fucking third page should be a sex scene unless you write strictly erotica. But if you write romance, there should be romance. Like there, like, 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 like if you gotta just like, oh my God, are they fucking again? Uh zoom through that. Let me slap through this shit. They are you fucking again? Cause in real life, like honestly, I fuck men and women and I don't fuck that much. <laughs> so it's like, who do who the fuck doing all this fucking? Well, here's like, my question. Does that happen more with self-publishing books or traditional? Because if that is a trend with self-publishing, then that means that people are not properly writing the genre that they're saying. No, it happens with all It's just like some people think that the sex is their book. Mm -hmm. And sex is important. Don't get me wrong. I write the most detailed sex things. I'm talking about 
from the blowjobs to the swallowing, from the eating the pussy to licking the clit to 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 I write details. I don't write the and made love. No, I write how they fucking. But I'm gonna make sure it's probably only like a couple of things in that way. Like, come on, man, you can't your whole every page can't be them fucking. Like they gotta have a life. Like, don't they work? Like, what the fuck do they do? <laughs> it's like so some sometimes people overdo the sex thing. A question when you're because you know you how do I want to ask this? I want to ask it in a way that you know I write chick I write humorous erotica. That's one of the genres I write, right? And writing sex scenes, it's interesting and keeping track of all the body parts and where the body parts are and who the body parts belong to and what you're doing with it. Do you find any difficulties with writing sex scenes? I do, especially now since I'm having no fucking sex. <laughs> but I do have difficulties with it because, um, like, after writing so many sex scenes, what else can you fucking say? So I have a friend who has a sex thesaurus that when you want to reword something, or you want to put things in a different, you know, perspective, like you got different things to work with. Um, I do have difficulty writing sex scenes um, because after so many sex scenes, it's like, like how much can you actually do with sex? Like I've written gay, many and lesbian, um, threesomes. I've written uh, in the cage. I've written scenes where there's gang bangs, there's this, there's that. So I'm like running out of shit, you know what I'm saying? So yeah, it, it's like I, I have to get motivated for sex scenes. So what I do is, because like I'm a huge porn person, you know, like I don't know, like since I ain't got no love life, I do a whole lot of, you know, Well, porn. a lot of people are porn people, whether they fucking admit it or not. So I'm, I'm, I'm big on that. So like, okay, Porn does not fit in, in novels. But once you start using your own imagination, you start watching porn and then, you know, you rubbing one off and your man start working, you know, you, then you can come up with different sex scenes. But, um, yeah, I do that. Don't judge me. <laughs> Nobody's judging you. I'm not. I was actually going to ask you this. I'll come out some porn to rub one off in a minute and come up with an amazing sex scene after that. <laughs> so, so do you, get, do you get turned on by your sex scene? I'm going to ask this because Vanessa's got my force, Vanessa. I, I have been in the middle of writing a sex scene, like a sex scene, and I've had to stop and just, like, you know, knock one out right quick and then go back to it. <laughs> and if, I feel like if I didn't have to stop, and knock one out, rub one out, then I feel like I'm not writing the right sex scene. So. Vanessa, have you encountered this yet with your sex scenes? Girl, don't I'm not I'm not going into descriptions, but yes, I'm almost done with the story. And, <laughs> and I think it's that that. because if you can't turn yourself on with your sex scenes, I'm not turn anybody else on. No, you're not. And we've all read the sex scenes in books where we're like what? Like this? 
here's the thing. I'm so, I don't know, connected to the characters and the people in my book. So even if I'm not writing a sex thing, even though like when I do, I get like super turned on. I got to like take a break and like knock it out and then go back to it. But even if I'm writing a sad scene, like, so remember I told you about the little bar I like to hang out at. Yeah. I wrote a scene, you know, where we buried, we buried a cop. And and you know had everything bad pipes and he was also a marine so they had the the gun salute and all of that stuff and I sat in that corner on that bar and cried the entire time and people that were in that bar they already knew oh she must be writing a sad scene they knew not to come talk to me they knew not to come say anything to me I cried like literally bawled the whole time. I was writing a scene. And that's when my soul said, bitch, that's it. This your scene. Because I cried like a baby. Well, As a police right. officer, bearing another police officer, when you hear the bagpipes and, and and then you hear all that, it's just like, it's so overwhelming. It's it's so touching. And it's so hard to do. And it was so hard for me to write that. And then I was just like, that's it. This is the scene right here. And it's one of the best things I think that I've ever so I think that's why writing sometimes, at least for me, can be very hard because if I can't feel the emotion, whether it's a sex scene, a happy scene of just a general, sorry, I think my light, my light bulb's going out, um, or, you know, uh, someone's dying. If I can't feel the emotion of the character, then I, I have a hard time putting that story out into the world because <laughs> if I can't feel it, how can a reader feel those emotions if they're if I'm not feeling it I agree totally 100% so I mean I, I completely I I have the same situation where if I'm not crying if, if I'm, I'm not crying if I'm, I'm not, not up, then I'm not writing it right exactly okay so another question another question rapid fire questions here um what is your uh I call it like a writer quirk like, all of us have little quirks as writers that our editors go, what the fuck are you doing? So what is your quirk? Oh, God, that's easy. I write a lot of that and but. And my editors are like, bitch, if you put that and but in your sentence one more time. Like, I write, I write the way I speak. So sometimes it doesn't always go over well. And so my editors are always like, bitch, 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 and and look, I don't have the kind of editors that are like like they care about like how you feel and your thoughts. <laughs> like the people who edit my books are mean. I've I've actually had like an like an editor to another author. Maybe you should just take up yoga. And I was like, I don't want that bitch editing my book. <laughs> then you know what I'm saying? Like I, she's mean, but. The editors, they will rip me a new one for putting that and but and and in my stories. Like actually, wait. that's like a pro tip because I edit and other people's work. And sometimes if you search just the word that nine times out of ten, you can delete it. And it's amazing how that one you word yeah, if you can delete that word, you see other stuff that you can correct much easier if you just remove that one word out. And mm -hmm. you can make that sentence really pop. and. Be so I get yelled at a lot about that. That. Yeah. 
So do you, when you're writing now, do you do your own search for the word that and go fix it before you send it to your fucking editor? <laughs> like, I absolutely do not. I write the way I fucking write and you fix it the way you fix it. I write, that's my job. You fix it, that's your job. <laughs> so oh. I have a question. Um, so I have a certain view of editors, which to me, I just give my shit to my editor. I'm like, fix it. Tell me what to look out for. I don't fucking care. I don't go back and actually review what the fuck they do because I'm like, I am not that fucking person. I don't. Horrified by that statement. <laughs> Well, part of the reason I don't is because one, I, I have amazing editors, but this happens to me. Okay, then that's what it is. I, do I have amazing editors, but I want to make sure that my voice is still there. I agree with that, and I'm lucky that my two editors are that, but I the thing that I see a lot of writers get tripped up on is they get offended by the edits, and I'm like, Dude, I cannot make myself sound as good as they make me sound. You remember the whole Erica Badu, I'm sensitive about my shit. We're all writers, we're all sensitive about our shit, but you cannot get offended by your editors. Your editors are there to do a job. They are there to make you look good. They're there to make you read good. They're there to make you sound good. So, like, I, I take into account every fucking note comment that my editors make like I'm not gonna just zoom through it because I gotta make sure my voice is still in it but I do I appreciate like I for real like I count on because they make me read well and I think people forget that part it's not grammar it's whatever it's also pacing and it's making you not sound like a fucking idiot yeah, well, and know, that's part of my course that's coming up. It's 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 sentence content, sentence rearrangement, editing. Like that's important for you to know. Like you gotta know that these editors, like they they ain't got grudges against you. They doing this shit because this is what sounds right. You can pick it or not, but you gotta at least be open to what they're saying. You know what I'm saying? And and I I do I I gotta what what I do have is I have an amazing content editors, sentence editors. Um, but um, what I do need to get a good team of is proofreading because I found that I make a lot of mistakes as far as like names and stuff like that. So what I what I do need is to get like a team of proofreaders. It sounds like you need a copy editor. A copy editor. So you have your, it sounds like you have a developmental editor which is the one that looks at the big world picture, making sure the story is, you know, there's continuity, you know, it makes sense as a story. Then you have someone who goes and fixes the, the structural stuff. So you got mm -hmm. your pacing, does this sentence sound wordy? You know, what's the flow? And then the copy editor is the one that's really doing that very fine tuning, commas. That's yeah. the names being fucked up and all of that. You're right. You do that? She yeah. does. Yeah, I do all three. Uh, you know, it, it's just you. I think there's one of the things. Look at God. About, Look at God. <laughs> yeah, it, the thing with authors is you have to know that there's different levels of editing. Of editing, yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, because a lot of people think, oh, an editor's just in there just to make sure you know this comma's in the I right do. place, this word's yes. spelled the correct way. And don't get me wrong, that is part of editing, but that's like the very last thing you do. Your editor first goes in and says, okay, is there a plot hole? 
did this character disappear and then also right. reappear and it didn't make sense, you know? Now, the only the only thing that I, I, I worry about is now, can I afford you? <laughs> and and I think that's what a lot of self-published authors feel it's like, yay, I'm self-published, can I afford you? You know, and it's kind of then you have to ask your question, could you afford not have because if you throw a reader out of a story, you lose them as because they're not as to keep picking up your work. Like I, I, I see this, and I did say what I said about. I looking at her little cup down there. I can't wait to get man. I want to turn up with my. There are also shot glasses. <laughs> Show the shot glasses. We have shot glasses too. I think I have one right here. Let me look right here. But I think I have one. I do. I, have, I see mine, but it's like. I, I would have to get up to grab it. Well, I don't want you to get up, you drunk bitch. <laughs> Shot glasses. Here it is. Drinking with all oh, yes. um, they, they put me in the mind like little solo cup. Yeah. No, I did that because I think everybody should drink out of fucking solo cups, no matter what. <laughs> that's the universal that's cup. Lid. That's it's the universal cup, baby. Yeah. yeah. This has a, a, a really great lid. Here's the lid. Yeah. Oh, yep. There it is. Oh, it has a lid. Yes. Shut your mouth. Yeah. yeah. We have that. But I think oh, that here, though, you, I'm going to need you because we're going to have to talk about some editing things. Mm -hmm. And uh, so after this whole interview thing, don't think y'all going to disappear because we got shit to do. <laughs> no, no, we have lots of shit to do. I've already discussed. We're right. going to, we're going to, we're hanging out. We so, got shit to do. I think that. For readers, I mean authors, they need to understand that investing in their work is vital. And yes, it costs money. Yes, it does this thing. But I think if you don't do that, you don't realize that if you have a reader put down your shit and yeah. you have all this other work, what you're counting on is them to keep hitting the buy button. One of my biggest pet peeves with my work is editing issues. So as I write these, because I write series, which means I have to go back and look into my series and, you know, uh, reintroduce myself to these characters and what they've been through and all of that. Because I'm, I'm on like five of Beautiful Prey and I'm on like series five. I have to go back and read this, this stuff to understand. But then when I go back and read it to understand the characters, I find typos and it drives me fucking mad. Yeah, I mean, I what I normally do, I suggest to people, if you're writing a series, to make a series Bible as you write. Like well, my assistant is working on that for me right now. But see, and yeah, that's so. Have that, I've had to go back into my books, and I've I've seen like some things that 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 should be corrected, and I was just like, oh my god, it drives me crazy. It it it's just it it just drives me mad. But the thing that I had to get, let it go. I can sing from Frozen. Because the fact is, is you go back to the first book you've written, you continue to grow and expand as an author. And if you don't just let that be the way it is, I'm not talking about my writing style. I know that's mature. I'm no, even typos and stuff like that, yeah. you will never get a perfect book. It will I know, I know, I know. It'll never happen. And if you're doing that, you're not writing in the future. You're right. 
You're right. You're right or wrong. I know you're right, but it and, just and drives me crazy. Anne Rice says that she even finds who wrote Interview with the Vampire. Like she'll go back and see things that you know she wrote you know decades ago because she's been in the business for so long. But she even has to like tell herself and be like kind to herself, saying, "Hey, yes, I do see mistakes, but it shows how much I've grown." From that time I wrote, you know, published that book to what I do right now, you know. Yeah, but I like I'll do things like go back into like my recent books to do research, and if I find a mistake in there, it's just like I'm so hard, I'm so critical on me, you know. You know, it's like I I, I do I get very critical of like you know the things I write. We are our worst critics. No yeah. critics out there are going to be as bad to us as we are going to be to ourselves. But the fact is, you have to just walk away and go, I'm going to work on the next thing. But if it's a series, if you're working on the next thing and you got to do research on the series, you're going to always see it. You know, go back to your word world Bible or your audiobooks and leave it the fuck alone. Thank God my assistant is working on that for me, so I ain't got to go back into these goddamn books because I swear every time I go in there, I'm finding something I'm like infuriated about. Like, oh God. So I know, I know, I, I do know that I am harder on myself than most of the readers are on me, but the readers, you know what I'm saying? Listen, don't ever, don't ever get comfortable in thinking that they won't chop your ass up. <laughs> no, in the best, you know, Stephen King has an entire thing on his webpage where he asks people to put typos and shit they find in his book. He asks them to send a message so he can get it fixed. So that happens for me. So thankfully, since my readers like kind of, I don't know, they kind of maybe like me, they will hit me in my inbox and they were like, oh, I found a typo. They will highlight it, screenshot it, put it up there. Just They won't comment on it, but they'll tell it to me directly. You know, so I get that. That 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 works very well for me. Then do you have fucking awesome readers then? I do have. Man, I got the dope. I got the dopest, most like uh, loyal readers. Like that. Like if I drop a book, so some people are afraid to do new projects because like they want the old shit. They want you to keep going with these series. I have the dopest readers. They will read whatever I write if they see my name on it. And I, I, I have to admit, like I know a lot of people don't have that, but I do. It. I, I got, I got a dope set of readers. So, um. And then they don't want to embarrass me. I'm like, ah, that's a typo. Put it in like reviews and no shit like that, you know? So I do, I'm very grateful for the people who read my book. That is amazing. Okay. We unfortunately are coming to the end of this round. Are you crying, Vanessa? Vanessa is crying. <laughs> we are not done with Phoenix. We are done with the podcast. We are not done with Phoenix. We all are aware of that at this point. Oh, it, it's, it's over. It's a wrap now. We belong together. Totally. <laughs> 1,000%. Okay. Yeah. So, Phoenix, tell people how to find you. All right. So, you can find me at Miss Phoenix G, Instagram, Miss Phoenix D, Twitter. You can find me at Ask um, Author Phoenix Daniels on Facebook and Phoenix Daniels on Facebook. Uh, my website, uh, phoenixdaniels.net. Uh, you can find me there, even though I, I'm rebuilding it. So be patient with that one. And um, um, like if you just like hit my my um, author fan page, I can put you on 
like my text list. I have a text list as well. Let you know when the new books are coming out. So, and what is the new book coming out? My email address is Ms. Phoenix D. So when I say Miss Phoenix D, it's not M I S S. It's M Z M Z P H O N I. Wait, I that. Was that the Jack Daniels? <laughs> it's the Jack Daniels. You forgot the X part of the extinction. <laughs> I and you stopped. Okay, okay, I got it now. It's M Z P H O E O E N I X D seventy three at gmail dot com. I'm gonna repeat that. M Z P H O E N I X D 73 at gmail.com. So you can always email me. And uh, I don't know, just shoot the shit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what is your next book coming out? We need to talk about your next book coming out. So my next book coming out is Beautiful Prey 5, BP5. We call it BP5. And it is an extension of the Jack Storm and Victoria Storm story. But it's got the the aspects of the Lucas Savelli, the, the the mafia series in there. Even the Creed uh, people are making an appearance in. They're doing these huge things with this Black Lives Matter movement there in Chicago, and they're out there. And uh, then some drama is gonna happen while they're out there, because you know it's always drama. So what I did was. I omitted the coronavirus because I don't like it. I don't want it. I ain't writing about it. Fuck it. Fuck you don't it. have to. I think it's it good that you didn't It didn't happen. We're but still what I, did, I could not admit was the movement. So my Black women with their husbands who have Black children, they may not be Black husbands, but they have Black sons are out there and they are out there and they are marching with their women and then some bad shit happens because we know we got Natasha and the quiet one and she got anger issues and then somebody gonna spit on her and then it's over. And then, <laughs> so, and then um, the book after that is gonna be Creed. Creed is a political drama because we have a governor of Illinois, the sexy governor Victor Creed who's married to this beautiful black woman Taylor Montgomery and um the pandemic virus is relevant to them because he's a governor how to govern a state that's um you know hugely like just ridiculously hit by this virus and we have to we have to know what's going on so it's relevant to Creed but I, I want to make it I want to make it less relevant to Beautiful Prey so Beautiful Prey is coming out first and Beautiful Prey won't have the virus in it, but Creed will. And uh, Creed will focus, since he's a governor, it will focus on the coronavirus. It will focus on um, the protest and unrest, you know, because of, you know, the unlawful slaying of Black people. And like, so he's a, he's, he's a white governor. Of course he has to deal, you know? He's a white governor with a Black wife. I'm gonna not make them deal with it. <laughs> so perfect. And I love that you're writing again. I know you said you stopped a little. It's been a struggle for me, but I am really excited about the fact that I 
that my my creative juices have started flowing again. I'm really excited about it. And I know your fans are very excited about it. So that's fucking amazing. I know, girl, because I was getting deaf at some bitches was in my inbox like, bitch, I'll smoke your ass. You don't come out with this. Because <laughs> fans can be lovely and terrifying at the same time. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So you are amazing. Thank you so much for being on this podcast with us. You are fucking phenomenal. Thank you for having me. Um, yes. And I've been Erica Lance. I'm Vanessa Valiente. And we will fucking see you next time. Bye.